there's no amount of money no amount of achievement no amount of travel no amount of like loan time could make me feel like safe could make me feel like and i had i had that realization like there was this big thing the only thing that would set me free is the truth which is sharing Welcome to Finding Your Spark again. I am so glad to have with me here Kalpashri Gupta. She is a public speaker, writer, coach, and consultant. And she is CEO of Next Group, helping clients build trust and create awareness for leaders who have used their achievements to deflect from dealing with trauma. She experienced childhood sexual abuse and her vision for this world is to transform and heal so billions of people can reclaim their personal power, use their voice, and create a kinder world. And I am so glad to have you here today, Kalpa. Hi, Donna Lind. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yes, I feel like this is going to be a great topic for, for us, for our audience, because um there is a, a a power to the way that you speak about recovering that is really different from the way I hear most people talk about trauma and uh, recovery from trauma and, and reclaiming that inner power. So I, I'd love to, to sort of dive right in there. Yeah, you know, um, so just so for benefit of everyone and you, like we were briefly chatting, I was sexually abused from when early childhood, probably three, four, five years up until like 20, close to 20 years. Um, so that's like over a period of 16 years. And I didn't share about that until in my mid thirties, when one day in a global role, um, I was leading a global role in product. I had a team. I worked a late at night at 2 a.m. in the morning. Next day at 5 p.m. after an interaction, I resigned, right? And I come home and my parents were there. My husband was there. Through that discovery process, I realized that I was storing a lot of trauma in my body. And, and I was a young mom. Like my mom, I was 30, 38 then. And my son was um, about five years old. Um, and uh, what I uncovered is I used to think this is a thing of the past. And it, the shadows of the trauma followed me along. But here I am like five years from now, and I will tell you that it's, it's possible to shift. It's possible to claim and it's possible to reclaim that child, right? And in my life, that was made possible when I looked at my son one day. Um, I can't remember whether I was breastfeeding or sleeping, like he was, we co-slept for a number of years, whether I was looking at him. And I thought to myself, um, if something were to happen to him, would it be his fault? No. So why are we so hard on us? Why do we have that relationship with us that we are like so above everybody else that we've got to hold ourselves to this high standard like and and forget that we were children, you know, children who were supposed to be protected and um, were not for whatever, not from a shame or blame or guilt perspective. Um, but just purely just our parents, in my case, my parents were there. They were loving family, but they missed some things, you know, and my trauma also made me amazingly, you know, like uh, resilient, right? 
perceptive you know i don't let a day go by where i don't count my blessings the things that are going well in life and and you could still find me making you know just lying on the snow and just having fun like a child you know so um and that's why i'm here that uh, the, i'm passionate about this topic because we could get to you know the things that happen to us they don't need to define us in terms of our lowest point in life but in my case i have the opportunity to use that to actually create a kinder world where my son hopefully 50 or 30 or 40 years from now we are not living with statistics where people people don't share their trauma for more than half of their life particularly on childhood sexual abuse because if we as powerful adults can't speak about it how do we expect children you know and and then the, all the trauma and then the abuse that that thrives in you know silence yeah that is an incredible story and you know today we're talking about the first part of what we're talking about is that over uh overcoming shame and i i hear no shame in you at this moment but sexual abuse can really twist our minds about what part is is the the child's fault and what part is not the child's fault which as far as i'm concerned none of it is the child's fault um but there gets to be this real like sh- cloud of shame that children and and even adults who get into these situations where there's abuse feel like they caused this even though it is not theirs can you talk a little bit about shame and what that does and what the process maybe of being able to start to release some of that is yeah so so i'll talk about the process to release and i will also share what actually contributes to why collectively um it's still such a taboo topic and i feel like it's our lack of willingness sometimes to talk about things that makes it even worse but not from a shame or blame perspective but like every time we talk about this focus on the victim right like the child like what happened but i also say what about the abuser you know like and like what what an opportunity what was going on in their lives that they did what they did and spiritually like sometimes i came to this uh, space where i realized what my abusers were doing was not to me like it was they had something that was going on they were acting out and i happened to be that child who encountered that right um i've had con- conversations with my abuser but bringing back to the 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 process for me the process was essentially all my coping mechanisms stopped working <laughs> and i say that my coping mechanism was hypervigilance control uh achievement you know i was a very shy child and i didn't speak english until a number of years later like when i moved to another space uh, another city from where i grew up in eastern india and i was like constantly i was a good student like okay after this i get this job and then i do this and then when i moved to the us it was one after the other you know things and you become like we somehow our title the money the you know the we follow the script okay i get married i have a child and i have a perfect life everything is going well except you can't freaking figure out why i don't want to trust the nanny i know it but i don't want to have somebody take care of my child or as i'm watching the child like the first month 
um, my parents are around and I don't want anyone to hold my baby. I just want to watch it. Just want to be there, right? So I think when I say that, you know, like in my case, it was coping mechanism just stopped working. Like my achievement, there's no amount of money, no amount of achievement, no amount of travel, no amount of like loan time could make me feel like safe, could make me feel like, and I had, I had that realization. Like there was this big thing. The only thing that would set me free is the truth, which is sharing. I think I, I got to that path. And then I realized that, that is indeed the case because now when I share, I'm, you know, it, it happened and I'm alive and I'm alive to the point I even, which I don't recommend many people. I went into LinkedIn and I made like a public post about it when I went through like, you know, process, but I, I knew my purpose, you know, I knew that for me, it was important if I worked in financial services for so many years and if, and money has power, right. Um, if there are so many powerful people and I know people even within the industry or within my network where that have experience and they would they are not ready to share talk about it and my hypothesis was what if I start sharing and there are there's a movement that starts and eventually there is this powerful group which starts sharing and we break down that trauma and even if they not many people come public but they understand the patterns of their trauma right and that's so for me that's been the process like uh, which is like coping mechanism doesn't work um from a resource perspective it's the breath work uh forgiving myself right writing a lot of letters journaling um we will probably run out of time, Donalyn, like talking about the things that I've invested on, right? But it's in, in long story short, it's forgiving yourself, right? Um, writing, doing and journaling and some form of like uh, reflection, whether it's meditation, breath work, that brings me back to my body and goes, I am safe in this moment. There is so much going well in my life and I choose, end of the day, I choose to give no power to the thing that happened because that's that's basically and that was the process for me a lot of like cycling but sometimes you know there were process where it was just it was not a straight line i can tell you that yeah life rarely is a straight line isn't it you asked yourself or you found in you what is my power what is my mission with this what am i going to do with this thing that is in me that feels awful and that ability to bring it up and out is rare. It's really a hard thing to do. And, um, and to be able to sort of open all of this silence, right? All of that throat that is the silence of a child takes a lot of work. Cause it, you, it does. you know, cause yeah, yeah. I mean, anyone who's been through situations where they it is their life depends upon or it, or they feel that their life depends upon uh their uh, ability to stay silent is in real trouble when it comes to like now let's talk about it now let's try to heal and i think that's where some of the we create some of the patterns around you know like undermining ourselves right like having low self-worth like who am i to or it must be my fault like overcompensating for other you know 
other people's mistakes sometimes and and those patterns they carried on for me at least in my work too you know like there would be sometimes people coming up to me and speaking to me and saying how like that didn't seem that seemed odd and i'm like no that person is that way i would make excuses right and um until i realized one day that what, what about that grace that i give to other people where is that for me like if i can if i as a leader can learn and i am uh, you know in all situations i'm looking at you know what, like what what can i learn like what about me like who gets to speak for me who gets to advocate for me right so i think um it's hard for a lot of people to get there i get that uh, if if one is in one of these situations i think the, a good start is to just pouring all your emotions in your in a piece of paper right if especially like i'm hoping anyone who is listening and they're feeling like there's no you know light at the end of the tunnel i hope the story like changes them like go write find a piece of paper like pour all your emotions like in fact get a piece of your childhood picture and then say all the mean things you say to yourself try saying that to that child i bet you like like it will change because once we we sometimes forget our inner thoughts they are sometimes the same from that childhood until now when you real and when you realize oh my god i was being so mean to myself <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. for me that has actually shifted and that uh, that even today i find myself sometimes in those situations and then i go back and say you know what um i get to rebuild all of that yeah this is there's so much power in the questions that you're asking and that you're the images that you're bringing up right being able to to speak to your child and what's so interesting is that i have never heard anyone talk about talking to their inner child the way you just did and i have heard a lot about this topic right <laughs> so normally the the ways in which we interact with our youth right we try to go back and 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 have some uh, relationship to that child is to ask that child what they need, right? But but you didn't do that. You talked about actually speaking the way you speak in your head and try to say that to a child. Try, go ahead, <laughs> see what changes. That is so powerful. That is so powerful, Kalpa. Um, and the other thing that really struck me about what you're talking about is speaking the unspeakable, right? Whether you're writing it down, but name the names, right? Really speak that unspeakable piece of it. Because once it's past our throat, then there's some room for our hearts to open up. Yeah. And and self-expression, I think part of what gets sometimes killed is the self-expression, right? And part of claiming of that power is that self-expression, whether, and it's not always like going and telling somebody. Sometimes like, I think what's hurtful in this process, Donalyn, I've realized is how many times I have abandoned myself, like second guessing, like, like here's what like this there's a voice that's like choking like you know or like i want to say something and i'm not saying because i'm afraid or i'm like i can't i'm so afraid that i can't even like let alone telling somebody um i'm i'm afraid to even say it out loud a good start could be writing it out loud maybe you burn the paper piece of paper after that but just there's a tremendous amount of power you know like uh, release that happens when we actually start to witness um 
our own that inner truth you know and and our heart is like people say that uh i've heard many times you know like that i don't know how to like i don't know if i'll ever get there and i believe everybody can get there it's our willingness to choose a little differently it's our willingness to be like okay do i want what if it's my last day tomorrow at least this question has helped me what if it's my last day tomorrow what would i regret like even like we all have our moments you know before coming to a podcast before writing an article before giving a big speech or something who am i but does it really matter like if if you can if you yourself can share that story for your own purpose and know that you listen to it that's all that matters maybe somebody else will listen it'll save their life but the self expression is so 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 critical Mm, you really bring to mind how in the moment you be with that, right? You, because doing something for other people, expressing yourself for other people to hear it is a very different goal than expressing yourself to express yourself, right? It's a painter, right? So if you're if you're a painter, all the painters I know anyway are are there with the canvas and the color, and they're doing what they're doing, and no one else exists. No one else is there with them, right? And later, people may say, oh, I like that. I'd like to have that, right? That's very different than well, who was in the moment of creation. It's a, it's a, from a simple process perspective, it's anything, like any creation for me, it's like us witnessing, right? Me thinking about it, then maybe going to a small group that I trust, they may not be immediate family or immediate like people I work with, but somebody, maybe it's an stranger, like some trust and then creating that community where you feel like seen and heard, right? That's, that's sort of how most creative processes work. And I feel like the same works in also in a little bit of claiming our own power that like, cause we have tremendous power, right? We have that in us. Like I know that. Uh, when my son, it's, I'll share a funny story um, around like our power and how our brain is wired to focus on the negativity bias and which which keeps us from witnessing a lot of joy. Even yesterday, me and my son, we were going, we went to Barnes & Noble, we were buying something and he came running, like he showed me some gift that he wanted to buy for himself. And I said, okay, let's buy. And then we went to HEB and we were buying some um, school supplies. This was today's first day back to school. And then I was looking for some particular plastic cups and um, he just kept showing me something else. And I'm like, this is not what we want. This is why I wanted you to stay home. And, and the next thing, then he goes and he finds something that he was looking for. And I said, thank you. And then he comes to me, mommy. But you were telling me right few minutes ago that this is why you don't want to bring me. See, you don't like me. And then he, he got stuck on that point. And it was so profound for me. I was like, Aryan, I was praising you before that. And here's what we did. Here are all the 10 things we do. But your brain is focused right now in that one thing, right? And that's not just my child. I'm not sharing that because of the child. I'm sharing that that is how we are in our day to day. You know, like there's so much that is going on. And we are just stuck on that one thing that happened like 10 years, 20, 30 years ago. I'm not saying that that, that thing didn't define you or it didn't change or you didn't have hardships, but, but maybe it's time to let go. 
yeah, that is how the human brain works. That is how it works. And it's good that it works that way, but it does not serve us in this evolution of our lifestyle. So there's times that it does and times that it doesn't. And whether you have lost someone or lost a job or lost identity or lost a childhood, you know, all of that is not here. It's not right now. Of course, there's healing to do, but it's not now. And so this really is a great segue into how do we get from I had this trauma. Now I've found my voice. I've done some healing. I have a way to express myself. I have a way to process my feelings around it. Uh, you, you even talked about going so far as to really forgive or understand in compassion your abuser, which is a, a, a very big turn from being the abused, right? Um, but how do we get from there to, okay, now I'm ready to feel real happiness, real joy. And I think the process, the key process in that is the ability to forgive yourself, right? The ability to forgive myself. Once I know, know that I am whole, like I shared that example of my child, like something were to happen to him, it's not going to be his fault. So why am I being hard on myself? If something like what, if I continue to live like that and he finds out later, like what, what, and what if I die tomorrow and something happens to him, like, what would I want him to know? Right. So at some point you come to realize maybe, maybe it's not a life or death situation for me. It, it was a little bit. I think one of my abusers passed away when my son was and in the immediate family, when my son was around less than two. And that opened a lot of series of things for me going um, a, a little sense of like guilt and deep shame and then also grief for that person because they were somebody I knew um, and we have all these mixed emotions about people, right? Um, and in this case, they left behind a child um, and I knew that person's dream beyond like the abuse part, right? Um, so it was, uh, I don't know, the, I think some of the series of things that have happened, like of people losing people in my life that you, um, you could probably relate to that you, you go deep and you're like, oh my God, this can't be the end. Like I am still blessed with this life and I get to live this life right so I think that that probably led me to just going you know I don't want to um, hold somebody's you know like like anger or blame for somebody I don't want to take that to my grave um, and then eventually it took me some time so even some of the other abusers who were alive I and I did have conversations with them and that how I was able to get to that is that sheer compassion in me. I think that enabled me to have that compassion for other people. Because when I realize that I am whole and I'm okay and I am completely in my power and I can, I can still have fun. I can still sing. I love, you know, all of the fine things in life. Then, then everything else doesn't matter. And, um, yeah, I think that's how I got there. And in this process, what I realized is as I started sharing the stories, my mom in her 60s shared with me that she was also abused. And if I hadn't shared that, I wouldn't know that this is also like a, I knew conceptually that it's a um, 
transgenerational trauma, intergenerational trauma, but I didn't know that about my family. And now I have a much deeper relationship. We are very open in the family. And and she was abused by a music teacher at some point. And she started her music in her 60s. I mean, she was always, she loved singing. So for me, all that is worth it. That gift of trauma, right? How we come out the other side different, enhanced somehow, and with a real understanding of what does an open heart unconditionally feel like? Yeah, incredible, incredible, incredible. You you, you brought up this moment, which I uh, do really relate to, of understanding that you're alive. Now, uh, there are lots and lots of ways that people come to this moment, but certainly after my husband passed away, it was one of the first things that happened for me was like, I'm st- I still have literally a heartbeat. That was where it started for me to say, like, wait a minute. Now, what's the difference between he and I? He is not physical anymore. I don't, I don't have a belief system that says he's gone. So I had to have a new definition of how do I relate to this? I have a heartbeat. I have a body. Oh, that was a new understanding, right? But once I got that, I could really get to this idea of being fully present, which really is the only place that joy exists. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like, um, and you brought up something super important, which is being present in our bodies because with trauma, we stop being in our bodies. Like I had stopped being in my body. Like we are so into our head or everywhere else, either past or future, that the present moment that we are breathing, like I am, you know, my fingers are here, my feet are touching the ground, or if I'm going go out, I can feel the sun. Like, and in that moment, everything feels abundant. It is that just knowing that we are in our body, we are experiencing life through our bodies. So I believe fundamentally, you know, in experiencing joy through life's ups and downs is our purpose. Yes, I do too. <laughs> Beautifully said. Uh, I would love for our audience to be able to get in touch with you. Do you, What have you got going on that you'd like to share? I'm most excited about two things. One, um, I'm hosting a retreat end of September here in Austin, really for anyone who's feeling um, they are in transition, overworked, and or, you know, trying to figure out what's my strategy, what's next. So come join me. Like it's a beautiful, um, um, only 15 to 20 women. And it's a relatively small exclusive event here in Austin, um, September 28th through October 2nd. And I'll share more information on that, that, um, uh, folks can find on my website. Um, so that's super exciting because, you know, the, this is what I do. Like, this is my living and this is my purpose because I want to create that shame-free space uh, for whatever is going on in their life. No judgment, right? Like, and sometimes it's, uh, we think when we are in our silos working that we are the only one and that is, that couldn't be far away from the truth. Right. And uh, and just be present, you know, have some silence time, have some um, daily workshops and be a, around a community of women that are supporting each other. 
Um, so that's I'm super excited about. The other is my book is launching. I'm I'm writing a chapter in a multi-author book called Going Places. And uh, I couldn't have picked a better time. It's going to be around the dates that I'm, I will be at the retreat. So there'll be a little celebration of that book launch as well. Um, beyond that, I am a public speaker as well as um, coach one-on-one. -on -one. That's my passion. I love working with women in their career and business. I, I've done a lot of work in my own healing um, uh, but I'm not a therapist or counselor. I partner with them, if, you know, when people want to process their past, but I'm more forward moving, um, you know, what helping them write the next chapter, right? And helping them transform and heal and, and really create the quality of relationships that, um, that can really unleash a lot of joy in our life. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing all that. Of course, we'll have it all linked. Uh, so you can uh, go onto whatever platform you're on and find that and just click. And uh, I encourage you to do so. It sounds like a very fun retreat and, uh, and a great way to connect and find healing and joy. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here today. And I look forward to seeing you next time.